Thank you. You may be seated. So much to worship about this morning. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood because the devil is not. He's not in a good mood. He's, uh, he's been throwing a temper, temper tantrum, but we are going to worship. We're going to praise our God no matter what. Amen? If I could get somebody to run and fetch my iPad for me, that's where my sermon is. And I uh, didn't charge it overnight, so we went rogue a little bit in the first sermon. But I'm going to get my notes here in just a little bit. But welcome if it's your first time with us or your first time in a long time. My name is Jim. I'm so glad that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. God is good, and God is moving in this church. So if you need the God of miracles here this morning in your life, just stick around. Just stick with us for a couple. You don't don't even need long. Just give us a month, and we'll see. We'll watch God work miracles in your life. That's just how it happens. That's just how it goes here. I'm so glad that's the norm. We are in a sermon series entitled Tip the Scales. We're tipping the scales. We're living out the gospel. We're making a difference in our community this morning. And we're on week three here. We're going to preach a message entitled Your New Normal. Your New Normal. Anybody ever taking your kids to the store, or maybe you were that kid and your parents were taking you to the store, And they said something like this as you're walking in. They said, just pretend to be normal. For 20 minutes, we're going in the store. Don't embarrass me. Don't cause a scene. Just act normal. Just pretend to be normal. Hands to yourself. Mouth zip. Don't touch anything. Just pretend to be normal. Um, We we do kind of set up expectations for our kids just so they know how they're supposed to act when they walk into a store, but I remember that being told to me time and time again, going into public places that I wasn't used to. My mom's saying, just pretend to be normal, because I think she knew we weren't. We just weren't. And then by looking at you at this crowd this morning, y'all are no different. You're not normal either. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm picking on you. Um, But we all have our own definition of normal, right? What's normal to you may not be normal to me, but it's normal in your household, or your household growing up, our environment shapes us, the way we're raised, our ideals, our morals, our ethics, the way we view the world. That's our normal. And whether we like it or not, we bring that with us into church. We bring that lens with us when we read the Bible. We bring that mantra with us as we serve our community. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with your normal in and of itself. However, I will say this, when you're normal, when your ideals, when your ideologies and your morals and your values, if they are not consistently disrupted, I'm talking to believers now this morning, when your morals and your values as a believer, the way you were raised, if that's not consistently disrupted by the words of Jesus, then there's cause for concern because we should all be changing. See, what happens is because of the cross, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit, His work in our hearts, the Bible says, the old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made what? The Bible says that we are a new creation. In Romans 12, the Bible says, by the renewing of your what? renewing of your mind. So this sanctification process is us. It's you and I being built up, 
block by block, brick by brick, and we're renewing our minds. We, we're going from an old to new. We have a new normal. We have a new operating system. And this is the part of us that grows and changes as our old is confronted with Jesus. And on the other side of that, it should be different. It should be different. It should be new. It should change. So that's just free. It's not even really part of the sermon. But if your ideals and your normals are not disrupted by the words of Jesus, you ought to check yourself out. You ought to look in the mirror. Well, what we are talking about, when we say tip the scales this morning, we have a new normal to live out in our community. We have a new normal. So what does this have to do with tip the scales? I'm glad you asked. Why don't we stand? Let's read our passage this morning together, and then we'll preach. We'll preach for just a little bit this morning, not long, because I know the NFL starts in just a little bit, but... Go Tom Brady. John chapter 13. That's what we were talking about. John chapter 13 and verse 3. We got another feet sermon. I know if you were here last week, you heard Will talk about how nasty feet are. And we're here again. We got another foot sermon. But this is Jesus doing the washing this morning. So let's join him in verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, and he was going back to God rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered to him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet, but also my hands and my head. He did a 180. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. And that's why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garments and resumed his place. He said to him, to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should, ju- you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Let's pray. Jesus, would you move in our midst as only you can? Would the Holy Spirit fall in this place so that there's no denying when we walk out that we have been changed? We have been changed by the God of miracles. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I was going to have the ushers come who were lined up in the back. They've got towels and basins of water, and I'm just going to get to work. I'm just kidding. There's no... No foot washing going on this morning, so just rest easy. Keep those shoes on. I don't want to see anything under there. So, yeah, I'm I'm not really a foot person either, but that's okay. But we're talking about tipping the scales as a church. We're talking about these acts of kindness, right? We're talking about shifting the social stigma when it comes to church people. I'm a pastor, and I don't even like church people. 
I'm a pastor of a church, and I don't even like religious people. They're hard for me to love, but I'm called to love them anyway. We're talking about changing the way we love people. We're talking about changing the way that culture sees us. People that, are, that, that may not look like us, may not have the same language as us, may not have the same social background or income as us. We're talking about changing the way that they perceive us, the, the way they perceive the church. We have this, this phrase at Chick-fil-A, which is where I work. You, if, you, if, you don't, if you haven't ever seen me here at Decided Church before, you probably just because you've seen me at Chick-fil-A, because I'm there. But we have this phrase at Chick-fil-A that we say it at our manager meetings, at our leadership meetings, and it is, our goal is to give each customer more than they paid for. So when you order a waffle fry, or you order an 8-count nugget or a 12-count nugget, it's not that we're giving you 8s and 12s stacks on stacks on stacks, so you're walking out with fries and nuggets, but we're talking about we want the experience, we want the transact, whatever that transaction dollar amount is, we want you to feel walking out that you've gotten so much more out of the customer service, second mile service, whether you've gone through the drive-thru and you were in and out and you got a $32 order and you were just, you're just zipping on your way. We want you to feel like you've been given more than what you paid for. What if we took that phrase and plugged it into church? That's what I'm here to preach about. What if we treated each other? What if believers out in their community lived that phrase with the lost and hurting? What if our mantra was to serve each man, woman, and child more than we think they deserve? Because again, we all approach people with our normal. So we judge, we make judgments. So I I personally may be up here and I'm like, well, they don't deserve my kindness. They don't deserve my love. They don't deserve, they don't deserve what I got to offer them. A new normal says, you know what? Even though I may not think that they deserve it, I give it anyway. What if we treated people that, what if we loved each person with more Jesus than what they bargained for? I think that would make a difference. What if we gave each other more of ourselves than what we asked for? Yeah, it starts in here. I believe it's possible. I believe we could change this church. It would change our community, our workplaces, our schools, our neighborhoods. Tipping the scales means operating out of a new normal. Here's how you do that. Let's talk about John 13 and Jesus washing the feet. I've got three points for you. Number one being tipping the scales or operating out of your new normal means, it means you got to humble yourself. Number one, humble yourself. Your new normal, guess what? It's humility. Jesus, we see Jesus in verses three through five, if we can put it, Back on the screens, he says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and he had come from God, he was going back to God. In other words, John explains in no uncertain words that Jesus is God in the flesh before us. He has the authority over all creation. He has the authority over every person. And it was his right. He had the authority to judge every single one of us. He had the authority 
to judge every single one of those disciples. After all, wasn't one going to betray him in just a second? Wasn't one going to uh, curse his name around a fire in just a few hours? He knew that. The passage makes it clear that he knew that, and he was God in the flesh. So the only person worthy of judging humanity was standing there and he had a choice to make. And he said, you know what's important right now? Yeah, I'm about to face my own death in a matter of days. I had come from God and the passage says, I'm going back to God. Jesus knew that his death was imminent. If anybody had a reason to have something else on his mind, don't you think it's Jesus? He's about to go to the cross. He's about to die. He's about to shed his blood. He's facing his own death here, and we find him saying, you know what's important? You know what I'm going to do with this last moment with my disciples? You know what I'm going you know to um, make time for? Serving them. Washing their feet. Is that, is that not countercultural to you? Do you not see that? Why, why don't we find Jesus just shutting down and just going internally? I mean, here we have God in the flesh about to die. He had his own death on his mind, but his, his last important action was to serve people who were going to betray him. Are you kidding me? That's a new normal. That's a new normal. That is something that has to happen only when we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So I came to tell somebody this morning, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know your trials. I don't, your, I don't know your tribulations. I don't know what's going on in your mind, but it is always the right time to serve people. It is always the right time to lay aside your pride, to set aside your own agenda, and to robe yourself with that, um, that towel that position of a slave, we assume the position of a servant and we wash feet. Not literally, we wash feet as it applies in 2019. We serve people. We love people. Even in the midst, so can, can I tell you something? It's so easy for us. When we've got stuff going, oh man, I just, you know, we're on the phone. I would love to help you. I, I've got, I've I've just got so much going on. I've got family troubles. I've got financial troubles, you know? And I, I see you. I hear you. I just, maybe in a couple months when I get everything together, I can help you. No, no, no. Our new normal says, I, it doesn't matter what I'm going through personally. I mean, Jesus had his death, his own death on his mind, and he found the time, he made the time to get on his hands and knees and wash feet. So it doesn't matter what you're going through because you're not facing your own death. And even if you are, there's still time to serve others. That's your new normal. That's how we're called to tip the scales, people. If we don't get uncomfortable, there's no tipping of the scales. You feel me on that? If we don't get out of our own pride, if we don't get out of our own agenda, there will be no tipping of the scales. And that's what we're called to do. We say that this is an internal phrase. We say it all the time at this church, if you need it, give it. If you need it, give it. If there's a hole in your heart, if you need community, give community to somebody else. If you need friends, be a friend to somebody else. It's your new normal. If you need it, give it. If you need financial help, you find a couple dollars and you bless somebody else. 
If you need it, you give it. That's the new normal. And it's crazy. It's countercultural, but that's how we're called to tip the scales. Number two, tipping the scales means being okay with betrayal and rejection. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's just in this short time of this being a church, we've seen, we've seen people that we've loved on so hard. You know what I mean? Like we've just, we've, we've wanted to help them more than they've wanted to help themselves. We've loved on them hard and we were met with opposition. We were met with rejection, betrayal. They walked away from the love of Jesus. And we, we try not to take that personal because, because here Jesus is, John, and, and Jesus is face to face with, I mean, we don't find him skipping Judas's feet. Did, did I misread it, Kelly? I didn't misread it. So that must mean he washed Judas's feet too, knowing that he was going to betray, that he was going to sell him out to the Jewish high priest and the Romans. Washed his feet. So we're face to face with somebody who's rejected us, with somebody who's betrayed us, whether it's Judas or Peter or whoever has turned their back on the gospel, the love of Jesus, our new normal is persistency. We just keep loving. We love on them and we love on them and we serve them and we serve them and we love on them. It's quiet out there today. Can I give you a secret, a tip to help you with this point? Because it hurts to love people who reject. You know why they reject? This point is for Christians. Christians reject because you're probably convicting them that they should have done something about it already. That's why I think Peter was so offended. When Jesus got to Peter and he said, Hey, you're not washing my feet. How dare you? Don't touch me. Jesus says, Hey, (laughs) He doesn't miss a beat. He says, you're not going to understand now, but you're going to understand later. Just shut up and take your, take your sandals off, man. I'm going to wash all of you. You're dirty. And then he goes on to, and then Peter realizes, like, Jesus says, hey, if you don't let me wash your feet, bro, you don't even have a, a share with me. You don't even, you don't even belong. And then, G, then Peter's like, oh, my head and my, and my hands also, just everything, just wash it all. He was missing it. But that's okay because Jesus said that, Jesus said that they're going to miss it. When we're serving others, when we get busy tipping the scales, when we get busy shifting the social stigma, they are going to miss it, but we persist anyway. Because the Bible says, you may not understand now, but you'll understand later. So for those who reject, for those who turn away, for those who betray, it's going to happen. Don't take it personally, because they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting the love of Jesus. Okay, and the love of Jesus is big enough to get through anyway. I mean, don't you have a personal story of that? I mean, how many walls did you put up? But Jesus's love just got in there anyway and wrecked your world. Amen. So the way we're called to love people, the way that we're called to tip the scales is operating out of a new normal. It's not even us. That's the cool thing about it. Okay, so we've got Judas betraying Jesus, Jesus. We've got Peter rejecting. He loved them to the end. I want to show you just in, it's not up here, but I'm going to read it to you. It just gives a little bit of context in verses one and two. 
We picked it up in verse three, but the Bible says, if I can pick it up at the end of verse two, it says, he loved them to the end. That, mean, that word end literally means in the Greek, he loved them to completion. In other words, he loved them to the cross. He loved them until he gave his life for them. So you mean it? Don't even let me preach in here this morning. So, so not only, hey, hey, not only, not only, not only did Jesus wash Judas's feet, but you mean to tell me in a couple of days he was going to be dying on a cross for someone who betrayed him. You mean to tell me that he gave his life for the very people who said, I don't know him. He cursed God's name. I don't know him. How are you tipping the scales again? Yeah, I didn't hear anything because we're not even to that level yet. So don't come at me with your pride. Don't come at me with your agenda. Don't come at me with your offendedness that they turned away from your love. Can I just say that Jesus loved out of a new normal? He loved out of a new place and he was telling you and I, this, this is the way you do it. I'm teaching you this. I'm washing your feet so that you also ought to wash one another's feet. And they will reject. They will turn away. It could be convicting. They could put walls up. You persist. You love. That's your job. We're tipping the scales here. Hello? Number three, tipping the scales means that we have to get real about serving each other. And this is where it hits home. This was a hard sermon to prepare because we're in the, we are in the middle of it. Like literally, I couldn't have picked a more convicting time to preach this sermon because here we are in it, right here. I mean, I got off the phone. I'm not going to name names. Let me make sure they're not out there really quick. Yeah, okay, we're good. I just got off the phone two nights ago with somebody who's like, yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. I could tell you, I don't want to give names because that's not what we're here for. But if you want stories about how it's, how, how it's hard, well, you know, I don't need to tell I don't need to give you stories. You know, you already know how hard it is to love people who reject, to love people who betray. And sometimes it hurts worse when they're, when they're, when they're part of you, when they're your family, because it's like... <laughs> When it's your family, I don't even know what it is. It's harder to do everything Christ-like around your family. You know what I mean? It's hard to share the gospel with family relatives. It's hard to love family relatives like Jesus. It's so much easier with strangers. Hey, I don't know you. God bless you, sister. But when it's your sister or your brother or a parent or an uncle that hasn't spoken with you in so many X years, and it's just like, well, I tried. I've already extended love. I've, I've given them a chance. I've forgiven them, and they still won't talk to me, and they still won't have anything to do with me. Mm. it's harder there it's closer to home there but what normal what normal are you operating out of is, is, it, is it your old normal is it just that flesh that keeps creeping back in there and says Phew. they walked out on the family they made that decision and I will never Speak to them again. They did that to a, they they did that to a member of this family. They are cut off. I know it's painful, but that is your old normal. 
Your new normal says, if it's going to happen, and listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, this is the whole point of the whole thing. If it's going to happen out there, it has to happen in here. If we're going to tip the scales, what I'm trying to tell you in no uncertain words is that if we are going to tip the scales in our community, if we're going to shift the social stigma in our culture to where they don't see church people and religious people as just hypocritical bigots, if we're going to change that, it starts with the person sitting next to you. It starts with your family. It starts with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And if we cannot get it right in this church building, we will never tip the scales outside. And that is Bible because that was exactly what Jesus was teaching us. In John chapter 3, let's go to verses 12 or 13 through 15 here on the slide. It says, you call me teacher and Lord? Yeah, you are right, for so I am. In other words, he put back on his outer garments and he assumed his position at the table as their authority, as their teacher. And he says, yeah, I am teacher. And you, know, you want to know the way to have the best servant leadership? You want to know how you can make an impact is when the, when the people with the titles, when the people with the authority demonstrate the service. You are never too important. You are never too big to get on your hands and knees and scrub a toilet, mop a floor, take out garbage, serve people. You know what I mean? I'm talking about serving people. <coughs> Servant leadership. And then he says in verse 15, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Jesus had to make it part of the internal culture before he ever released them into the world, literally to tip the world upside down, Acts says. That's what these disciples, they were released into so much power and authority to turn this world upside down for Christ because they learned at the Last Supper, when Jesus had his last moments, they learned, I am never too big to serve my brother or sister in Christ. It's got to be in here, folks. What does it look like to serve the people that you're sitting next to? You may want to bless your community all you want. You may want to go win the lost and change the culture and shape the community. But if you can't learn to do it in here, you will never be effective outside of these walls. That's what I'm pre I am preaching today. I'm preaching to you. So here and this, it's not easy, you know. What does it look like to serve those people that are sitting next to you? What you assume, here's, here it is, here's a key for you. What you assume, what you assume should have been done for you already, that's exactly what you should be doing for someone else. You see, Jesus had every right to say, Peter, why, where's the foot washing, bro? Come on, get your towel, wash our feet. I don't want to eat my last meal with y'all stinky feet. We're sitting around the table, I'm trying to smell my chicken parmesan, and all I'm smelling is Thomas's feet over there. Doubting Thomas, wash your feet. Jesus had every right to assume that this type of foot washing, this type of service should have already been done for him. He was God. But he said, I'll do it myself. Exactly how you tip the scales is by assuming what should have been done for you. Well, they didn't call me. They haven't invited me over for dinner. I haven't received a letter from them and I don't know how long. Nobody comes to visit me. I want people over at my house. Then you do it for somebody else. 
If you need community, give it community. This is what I'm preaching about the whole day. I just already said this. I'm going to say it again. If you need friends, be the friend. If you think that you're going to change something or you're going to operate out of a new normal, it starts in here. It starts with the people next to you. It starts with the row in front of you and behind you. And if you can't learn to serve them the way you think that they should have, they didn't say hi to me this morning. They walked right on by. How come nobody noticed my outfit? Notice somebody else's for a change. (laughs) If you need it, give it. You need to assume, what we're here to do this morning is to assume the position of a servant. That's what Jesus did. I'm going to show you one more thing about Peter and we're done. Verses three through five. We're going to put them back on the screen. I saved it for last because Peter was one who rejected. He rejected. He was one of the ones that, that hurts the most. That, that's the, you love them, you love them, you love them so hard. You try to help them out so hard, and they just reject. They just reject. They just reject. They just turn away. Peter, how many people have we been met with that say, Don't wash, you're not washing my feet, you're not helping me, whether it's their pride or their arrogance or their conviction? We persist anyway. Can I show you that Peter said, oh, I guess it's the next one, my bad. I think it's six through eight. Yeah, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Except he said it a lot more offensively than that. Jesus answered, what I'm doing, you don't understand now, but you'll understand afterwards. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Now I want you to keep that in your mind. Keep that phrase in your mind and turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter 5. It's going to be up here on the screen. You shall never wash my feet. You shall never wash my feet. Same guy writes these words. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Can I tell you something? Peter realized that grace. Peter found it. Peter came around. Exactly what Jesus had prophesied over him when he said, you're not going to understand it now, Peter, but you'll understand it later. You'll understand it later. We have the realization right here in front of us. Peter says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility to one another. Do you know The word clothe in Greek literally means to wrap yourself up with an apron of a slave. It literally means to put the towel around you. Exactly, the exact same word that Jesus did to them in John chapter 13. Peter is repeating in 1 Peter 5 saying, we saw what Jesus did. That's how we're supposed to be acting towards one another. Assume the position of a servant. Assume the position of a slave. That we're never too important. We're never too big. We are never in too much of a position of authority to lower ourselves, just like Jesus did, just like God did through Jesus. 
What I'm trying to tell you guys is that tipping the scales starts internally. What Jesus taught us by washing the disciples' feet was that we have an opportunity to, to practice tipping the scales for each other so that we get good at it for the real people who are hurting and need that kind of help. You never know the end result of sowing seeds of humility and service to those who oppose and reject. So can I encourage you to keep going? New normal, it means humility. New normal, it means persistency. New normal, it means internally. Humility, persistency, internally. That is our new normal. That's how we're going to tip the scales. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to talk to you for just a minute. Can we have a moment? Just with you and God, that's it. You can block out every other distraction. You can put the notebooks away. You can put the Bibles away. Put your phones down. Let's just have a moment with you and God. I have two questions for you. What does it look like to serve your brothers and sisters in this room? Well, I don't know them. I haven't been going, along, going, going here long enough to know their names. Then learn their names. Assume what should have been done for you already is exactly what you should be doing. If they haven't introduced themselves to you, if you don't know them, if you're not familiar with the people around you, then that's where you should start. That's how you wash their feet, biblically speaking. Get to know them. So what does it mean? Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's that you go over to their house and help them with a project you know they can't do. Maybe it's fixing a car together. Maybe it's helping somebody financially. Maybe it's offering advice to somebody you know is struggling with something you've been through. How are we, how is Decided Church going to change today? We have an opportunity to tip the scales for each other. We have the opportunity to operate out of a new normal starting today for the person on our left and our right. So what do they need? What does it look like to serve them? I pray this morning that whatever we need, we give away. Maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe all you know is that you need X, Y, or Z. Start there. That's exactly what you should be offering someone else. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for meeting us in this room today. Thank you for being the God of miracles. We thank you for the signs and wonders that you are performing in our midst. And for that, we give you worship and praise. And even when you don't come through for us in the way we think, we're going to give you worship and praise because you are so worthy. Help us to walk out of here differently. Help us to walk out of here tipping the scales. Help us to walk out of here operating out of our new normal. I know you'll bless it. Give us persistency. Give us humility. And help us to start right where we are. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.